I was there. I don't have to listen to it. This week's show because it was a disaster. When you live in a beach resort, it's easy to forget whether you are playing or working. On each week's show, we settle in with a cocktail and try to figure out if there is a difference. This is Day Drinking on Delmarva. And I am Todd from GoodCleanFunLife.com. I'm Tony Russo, no relation, and you're listening to Day Drinking on Delmarva, a podcast about life and culture on the Delmarva Peninsula. Todd drinks because he gets to live here. I drink because I have to live here. <laughs> so much to get to this week, but before we get to anything, I'd like to thank our sponsors. Our sponsors are the drinks that we are drinking, and you can be a sponsor too. It is free to sponsor the show. Just reach out to us. And what, mm-hmm. Todd? And send us a message on Instagram, day drinking at uh, day drinking on Del Marva, and uh, and say, hey, you should drink this for your show, and we'll give you a shout out, and we'll drink it if it's not, you know, Pousset Cafe. Yeah, if it's if it's not going to kill us or it's too hard to get, I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, f- seven. That's it. You're familiar with the drink? That is a seven layered floating drink. Oh, I got you, got you. I'm not familiar. Oh, yeah. it's. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever made it or if it just appears in literature. But yeah. uh, you can look up the... You can look up the um, so it's seven layers recipe. and it's layered out evenly so that... Yeah, it's seven layers of alcohol. So, yes, seven shots. Um, mm. And also, I guess, in the order that they should be shot. I, I don't know. I've never had one. The temptation to order one, it's got to be a $45 drink. Yeah. You know? Um, Although maybe that would be fun to do as a sponsor. That would be an interesting show. Well, look up the ingredients and we'll discuss it. <laughs> uh, I honestly don't. There's like a lot of cream stuff in there, I'm sure. Ooh, yeah. And uh, But I digress. I'll tell you what, if, if, you, if you're listening to the show now, check out the show notes. I'll have a link to a Pousset Cafe recipe. And I might even steal a screen grab and make it the, uh, the episode photo this week. So subscribe oh, to our newsletter which you can find on Substack, substack.daydrinkingondelmarva.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, and that's a good place. I, I usually write a little bit of a summary of the show with the show notes. Sometimes I go on rants, although I'm trying to dial them back. So as yeah. not to implicate Todd when they come and finally, finally come and take me away. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me socially at by Tony Russo, B-Y-T-O-N-Y-R-U-S-S-O. Mm-hmm. on all the social and, media things and Todd and you can find me uh either at Todd DeHart or at Good Clean Fun Life uh on mostly Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And uh and yeah, and that's that's where we that's where we do it. That's where we do the uh the social thing. I'm I actually I'm going to I'm going to jump right into it and maybe Please. maybe this is a uh, Maybe this is not the direction we want to go in, but we talk about uh, social media a lot and I have been for the most part off of Facebook, like one direction on Facebook is kind of, is kind of my thing. Yes. And uh, I clicked on something the other day and on Facebook and ended up in the comment section of the Maryland coastal dispatch, the local newspaper. And boy, was that fun. Oh, I can imagine. I've, (laughs) I've, it was just, I mean, like, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm far enough removed now that when I see what is, what is happening and what is playing out and, and the obvious, like, 
push of the algorithm for the more controversial stuff, which, you know, doesn't lend itself to crazy people commenting on local newspaper stories. The story could have been about anything. It was a kind of, uh, you know, excitable story because it was about a local guy who got arrested for pedophilia, which is awful and terrible. And, and, you know, that he was arrested, not that he committed the crime. I mean, that he committed the crime, not that he, that, he, that he committed the crime, not that he was. Yes. And uh, but man, just like people going back and forth and bringing in the most ridiculous stuff. I, I literally had a chuckle over it. And um, and then just kind of quietly like Homer Simpson backed out of the room and did not engage. So if um, we worked from a script, this would be a well-scripted show. This week uh, I wrote about my foray into back into. um local journalism on mm -hmm. my own Substack, uh, which is a bagelmanifesto.com. And I wrote about how I found my story, which was in the comments in the Facebook comments section. Yes. And it is something that I've always looked down upon. Um, you know, what, like, like farming stories out of a comment section. Or? Yeah. Just because, you know, you feel like you're reporting on gossip Mm -hmm. Um, but, and I'm not excusing that I did it. I just, my position has evolved um, <laughs> and not because I had, you know, a significant amount of success with it, but it's also worth knowing that if people are complaining, even if they're not being real bright about it, then it's something yeah. that they care about. And so right. this okay. idea that, all right, this is what people are upset about. I don't want to answer any of their questions directly. And I didn't do that in my story. I said, okay, this is the issue. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start from scratch and write a story about the issue, you know, right? which I think is materially different. I like to think is materially different from saying, oh, this is what people like to hear. I want to say right. it. And as yeah. a matter of fact, yeah. I said lots of things in the story that I think they probably didn't want to hear. Um, right. But it it inspired me. So if I'm not going to go leave the house anymore, I'm not going to go hang around town hall, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to go to the cocktail parties. I'm not going to hang around at the bar, you know. I'm going to have to mm -hmm. find out what's going on without leaving my house, which is something I would never have countenanced, you know, even last year. But right. you know using Facebook to just see what people are talking about and then see if it's interesting, you know, cause there's lots of stuff they talk about. I'm like, Oh, let me look at that. No, that's boring. Oh, let me right. look at that. No, that's stupid. But sometimes it's, Oh, let me look at that. Oh, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, and so that same thing, that idea of, you know, the local news being where people talk about things. I mean, I would prefer it weren't the dispatch because I don't have, you know, you know what? I like Charlene a lot. Charlene Sharp is still a good, right? Uh, I, I can't, so. I can't, I just happen to, you know, I'm not going to start a fan club for the publisher. You know, mm. I do think that editorially it can be not only condescending, but in that very thing, what are people thinking? Well, here's why I think it too. Um, but in a, and it, so one of the things that you get to do if you're a writer is put words together in ways that are easy to memorize and repeat. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you want the conversation to be 
about a certain thing in a certain way, if you can put it that way better than anyone else and use uh, grammar and punctuation in the way that, you know, a responsible grown up should, you're going to get more authority on that situation than someone who's just, I'm mad because they're doing bad things or whatever, you know, the whole, you know, you can, avoid the sweeping generalizations and you can find a, a elegant way to put it. And if the way is elegant enough, people will either repeat it or they'll attack it, but they'll attack it and be like, blah, blah, blah. and then that is also supporting it. So right. It's, right. Uh, fair. No, it's not fair, but who said life is fair? Yeah. That's the secret to journalism right there, folks. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I'm sure that if anybody is listening to this, they're going through and, um, and marking every place. I call myself a journalist with, uh, you know, may not be true uh, <laughs> fact check further kind of thing. But right. uh, it's the way it's the way that I'm going to I'm going to have to do things. And uh, and I think it's working out. The, the story was informative and yeah. people really responded to it. I'm working on one now about um, about the I'm sorry are you gonna are you gonna say what the story with the with the comment or the oh the it was talk, it was talking about a new development that was proposed to come to Laurel. Okay. I think we talked okay. about it here two or three weeks yep. ago. Yep. Um and it's not a story you should read if you're not from Laurel unless you want to be impressed by how compelling my zoning writing can be. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty goddamn compelling. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, you know. But if you're not in this, a lot of the stories I write, um, especially you know for local uh, journalism in a small town, you're really writing for about 300 people. You know, mm-hmm. there's a very narrow people people who live in town and who care and who read news. You know, when you live in a small small rural community, that's not a yeah. lot. You know, it's yeah. a lot easier, you know, Facebook, that's why Facebook is so popular. They can just get a headline and fight about it on Facebook. Uh, right. If they have to contend with my, you know, 1700 words on zoning, they may not hang in so great. So, gotcha. yeah. So I write for readers who are interested in very specific things. And that's why I'll die poor. <laughs> Back to you, Todd. <laughs> well, you, you know, it's funny. You paid a, me a very nice compliment last week and, uh, you know, basically saying uh, the videos that I make are of a certain quality and it doesn't matter if, or, and sometimes you're fortunate enough to get paid for it, something along those lines. But I feel like that's the same thing uh, for you and your art with, uh, with, with writing is every time I pick up and, and read anything uh, that you've written, I hear your voice, you know, um, and, but it doesn't matter if it's about zoning or about, the new world order of reptilians. It's, uh, it, it, it's good, right? It is, uh, it it is, it's a nice compliment to get and thank you for it. And it's always a little, I don't know if it's a compliment or not when, when people say that, because I'm, I don't, I don't know how much I rely on my personality when I write, but I mean, no, I rely very heavily upon it, but I don't know if I, (laughs) I don't know if I come across to people who don't know me, but the people who do know me um, right. when they read things I've, I've written, it resonates 
for that reason. They're like, I can literally hear you saying this. This is something you would say. And right. if I'm honest, it's probably something I already have said. You know, I say things a long time before <laughs> I write them. That's yeah. why you, I'm like, hey, have you read that? And you're like, I read the first two lines. And I'm like, yeah, we, we talked about that a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of reading, I would uh, like to jump past you. No, I'm not going to jump past you uh, because I do want to talk about Labor Day. And, okay. Labor, yes. And that was something Labor, that, that you wanted to get into as well. Labor Day, we labored. Um, the uh, had, a, had a great weekend. Um, actually, a little bit of a slowdown for work. I mean, everything that uh, my perspective comes from is, is kind of like – you know, witnessing the, uh, the restaurant industry down here that, and I, I, I I've ha- made a habit more recently of, of talking about how we are service industry adjacent. And I don't know, you probably even coined that phrase for me, but you know, <laughs> I don't know I, either. Like, I never shut up. <laughs> the, uh, you know, we, we don't, we're not servers. We're not in the industry, uh, but we're very closely associated with, to it because of the clients we work with and, um, and this summer has been a, a, a tough summer because of all of the things that everybody already knows about, you know, and, and staffing be a, being a big one. Um, and it was it was definitely a bit more of a uh, like I feel like Labor Day is typically in within the 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 clients that we have is sort of more like you know, crossing the finish line and a, a little bit more energy and excited for, you know, what people call the second season and like September, October are, are great and tons of great events coming up and, and weather is better and bugs go away. But this year definitely felt a little bit more like I'm just over it. And um, yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it was much more of like a being dragged across the finish line uh, kind of, kind of deal. And I, I feel for it. Like, you know, normally I'm the guy who pops in and you know, he's got the camera and, and tries to cheer people up by, you know, showing the the good times on, on both sides of the, of the bar, the, the staff and the, the patrons, but the staff was just beat, beat down, uh, after this, after this past summer and season. And, you know, and obviously, the collective last year and a half, I think has been, has been tough on, on those, uh, on those folks. Yeah. We talked about this, uh, uh, who knows, maybe two years ago, maybe last week, but this Mm. kind of, this kind of panic to have fun that people sometimes have when they come down here and Mm. that only, you know, so people come down they're like, I'm going to have a good time and I don't care how I have to kill to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that, I believe, before COVID. And I, I imagine that that attitude was only amplified by people who had been locked in their houses for a year yeah. and yeah. are looking at winter and wondering if they're going to get locked in again and mm-hmm. are just yeah. having an emergency good time. Right. And my, my, uh, I went home. Hey. Go ahead. And and emergency good time at the expense of, uh, you know, anybody who stands in their way or absolutely, you know, yeah, no. ask them to be the least bit of courteous or you know, yeah, no, it's it's I can't I can't imagine, um, 
I was in New Jersey for the holiday weekend and mm-hmm. there's a bar not far from, it's a beach town. So there's like a beach bar, not from, not far from my, uh, my mom's house. And we walked down there Friday night, not to go to the bar, just to go hang out by the, by the bay. And there were an uncomfortable horror show number of people. It was like they had been poured in, like there wasn't, I don't know how any of them got in or out of the, right. of the cordoned off area. And it just, it just, it made me very uncomfortable. Um, yeah. I was worried just that, you know, <laughs> they were so close together. It, it was, and of course I'm laughing at myself, you know, I, I have, I guess, uh, a COVID shock or something, but the idea of seeing 300 people in a space that'll accommodate 296 right, right. And, and safely yeah. accommodate, you know, 50 with, with proper spacing. Right. <laughs> you know, right. Was, uh, it was tough on me and I'm, I, I'm not being judgy about it. I, I'm genuinely not. I mean, many of them I'm sure were my friends who were there, you know, and many mm-hmm. of them, maybe all of them were vaccinated. You know, it, it's that it's, I mean, you couldn't drag me into a into a mosh pit like that. But mm-hmm. I think it says as much about how my perception of a crowded place has changed. I mean, I've never always been, as you know, uh, big into crowded places just for for personality reasons that had nothing to do with potentially dying. You know, and you yeah. add you you added the potential for serious infection on top of that. And I'm not, you know, I'm not the guy you should ask about whether or not there are yeah. too many people in any place because like more than four people then they start their own conversations and don't listen to me talk and i can't i can't have that <laughs> i mean that's the real reason <laughs> it's absolutely the real reason yeah it it is um it is interesting i feel like we got to a point we we filmed our last in indoor concert two weeks ago uh, and indoor is still like at the starboard where all of the doors are open, uh, where a new, like, I mean, we've, we've justified many reasons to, to feel safe in there, um, uh, on the inside, but even still, like you get it, you get a group of people together and we're, we're going to, we're transitioning back to having bandanas and, and that sort of thing. And I hadn't really thought about the, the, the idea of, uh, you know, the emergency fund. And I feel like I've seen a lot more people post about, uh, recently about like, Oh, the last day of summer. And I've never really considered, uh, Labor Day, the last day of summer. I I, like, it's the last hurrah of summer, but like in my mind, it's always been, Oh yeah, it's the holiday weekend before school. And then, and then you have weekends and then, you know, right. So there, I guess the point is there. There seems feels like there's been a much more definitive um, and urgent, uh, you know, ending, like like you're like you're alluding to. Yeah, and I think also for us, and kind of the almost the premise of the podcast is this idea that we're never really into it or out of it. It's a it's mm. a it's. Like you said, you don't think of it as summer ending. You just think of it as, all right, now there's just weekends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and who right. says vacation is over? And now all that's left is weekends. You know, nobody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
you know, but we do think in terms, you know, uh, of weekends because those are when the things happen. Those are when we're required to do our thing, you know, less so me now, certainly, but um, still required to do our thing. And Monday and Tuesday are the days that we are off anyway. And and we'll put off in quotes because I'm, I'm only out of, I'm only off when there's no power or my wife says that I'm done for the night. (laughs) (laughs) That's good though. Um. I wanted to talk about what do we got left? We have enough time left to talk about last week and we'll, so this will be continuity for people who, um, who listen every week and thank you for listening every week. We know who you are. Not really, not in a creepy way, but we know that you are listening. I think there are people out there, right? We're not tracking. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I guess if you're watching on YouTube, you may be tracked, but we're certainly not trying to track and we're not getting any information that would help us say things you want to hear. <laughs> that is for sure. That's for sure. Uh, but last week we discussed uh, you're a good, you're good. You are good. You are good. And it is a movie review podcast. And I listened to a podcast, that uh, an episode that Todd recommended where they took apart the Christopher Nolan Batman movie. Yeah. Um, I also have reasons to not like the Batman movie, but I didn't make it. I made it about two thirds of the way through the podcast. And yeah. then I, I couldn't, uh, I don't want to say I couldn't take any more in a bad way. Um, but I listened to a lot of movie podcasts. So much of it were much of it was stuff that I had already heard, which is nobody's fault. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then other of it was stuff with which I so vehemently disagreed that it started to bother me. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's because I have, I'm sorry, it's because someone else has a theory that I like and I have adopted it for myself. Oh, I got you. Um, so before we get into this, I'm sorry, but you told it to me because uh, they brought up the crazy thing that how, you know, everybody, nobody's really crazy or everybody's really crazy kind, kind of. Right. Like I heard that line. I'm like, this is why Todd said I should listen to this show. And I agreed yeah. with it because they agreed with me. <laughs> but... <laughs> What I there's a I listen to another podcast. No, I used to listen occasionally to another podcast called How Did This Get Made? And oh, yeah. at some point I'm just I don't need to hear I don't need to hear people who aren't making a movie say why it's bad. Right. And uh and the reasons that they say it's not it's bad is is what is what bothers me. It was it's what bothered me about this podcast a little bit, and it's what bothers me about the other podcast. So just real quick, the theory that I stole is when you're judging particularly a movie, um, this is how you judge it. This is a good way to judge it. Uh, what is the movie trying to do? Does it do it well or poorly? Mm-hmm. And if you judge a movie on its own terms, I think it can fairly critique it. Um, right. And if you judge a movie based on what you think about the people who were making it, then it really becomes too, too subjective. It becomes about personality quirks and, you know, current events. Um, yeah. And so they had they had a, a, a correct, I think, 
criticism of Christopher Nolan uh, and Christopher Nolan movies. And again, what I've heard before, which is that he doesn't put emotions in his movies, um, that his movies are never, never emotional, even like um, the uh, even even Inception, you know, there's there's no emotional connection. It's all visual and narrative. Mm -hmm. You don't have an emotional connection to the characters. Um, Right. And that's true. And whether or not Christopher Nolan is afraid of his emotions is not something I, I want to talk about at length. Uh, <laughs> right. Just as I don't need to hear any more criticisms about Tim Burton having daddy issues, you know, like right. if, if he had daddy issues that made uh, whichever movie you and, like, let me say, uh, Edward Edward Scissorhands, Scissorhands. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If he had daddy issues that made Edward Scissorhands good, then those that those same daddy issues didn't make um i don't know batman his batman mm-hmm. bad you know the 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 person tells the story in their particular way and you either like it or you don't um so that was a quibble um yeah. but what but cuz you're a batman fan right i i mean i'm i am i mean the 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 comic book yeah well i i mean I, yes, I'm a, I'm a Batman fan. And especially what that was based off of, which was like the Frank Miller run of, uh, right. And Dark that, Knight, which is, yeah. And, and that's my criticism. And that is what is really important. It is not an insight to say that Batman is a fascist. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when you tie a movie about a known fascist, to a particular presidency. In this case, they were tying things in the movie to right. the Bush presidency. You're you're making a you're, you have a fundamental misunderstanding about Batman because it started with probably Nixon. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And very specifically, as you so astutely pointed out, Reagan. You know, yeah. this was this was a uh uh in I mean, Ronald Reagan shows up in the comic upon which is the, this is based. It's not subtly right. hinted at that there's a Reagan-like president that is doing Reagan-like things. It is Ronald Reagan talking to Superman, ordering him around. Yeah, that's not yeah. gray yeah. at all. And so, right. and so when they're like, and it had to do with Bush this and 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 Cheney that. I mean, certainly I'm never going to start their fan clubs either, but. It's inaccurate at best. Uh, at worst, it, it 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 shows a fundamental misunderstanding of both the character and the director. Yeah, but I can complain about that movie all day long if you'd like as well. So, <laughs> well, and you know, and I always um, I'm a, I'm a superhero movie person, you know, and I we were talking about this the other day. I'm even. I'm just a movie person in general. We, we t- as opposed to uh, like a serial uh, drama or, or anything like that. I mean, th- right. there's definitely some that I've, I've caught on to. Like we watched Sopranos last year and, and that was, that was fantastic and amazing, but um, we treated it more like a movie. It's it somehow like you sit down and you, and you like get immersed for uh, you know, that, three episodes. So you're there for, you know, two and a half hours, three. And I, I've just, 
even to the point where we watched some silly movie the other day. Oh no, we watched um, the new Cruella movie by Disney. We've always watched all the Disney stuff. I'm and sorry. I, so I'm, were you correcting yourself saying that it wasn't a silly movie? Cause it's probably a silly movie. It is a silly movie. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I haven't seen it. Movies. I just, I just meant the premise is silly. So there was another one that was even sillier than that. Oh, I like, see. Um, and I just, I feel like, it, oh yeah, like the 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 follow up to a eighties nineties, uh, you know, teen movie, and it was like some of the same characters from uh, the nineties movie, but grown up, a lot of fan service, a lot of you know, just kind of like callbacks and stuff like that. And I don't know, I just I loved it. Cruella, it was great. The whole movie was about, uh, you know, like Cruella's origin story and painting her in a different picture than what you learned in the, the cartoon. Uh, but it was mostly just character development. But like, it also had a great soundtrack. So like you get into that Disney mix and they can afford to, you know, just pump a bunch of great you know, 70s mod tunes into it. And and you're like, oh, this is nostalgic. And I like it just because I like these songs that I'm associating uh, with what's happening with, uh, with with that, all of that and that and that positive energy. But I like I like I loved Dark Knight. I thought it was I thought it was great. You know, um, oh, I liked it then and I like it now. But I can I can you know, I can also levy criticisms of it. Um Sure. One criticism that, all right, so I kind of agree with, um, I, I agree that they shouldn't have killed Harvey Dent. Mm -hmm. um, I agree that that's not only bad form, but that made them feel like they had to rush him into the end of the movie and all of those things. Um, right. But what I, what, what, what infuriated me was that they were saying that, um, saying that Harvey Dent was, was a martyr was unfair to Batman and that Batman shouldn't have taken the blame for all of the, all of the mayhem that, that Harvey caused. And again, yeah. I think it's a fundamental misunderstanding. Like they, the movie made the mistake of making it seem like Batman thought he was going to stop being Batman, which he would never do. So that's a right. built in flaw. But if you accept yeah. that built in flaw, then you have to accept that, you know, he's going to stay on the run because Harvey is dead. But yeah, the fact that the fact that they blamed Batman instead of Harvey isn't the thing to complain about. If you're going to complain about anything at all, you have to complain that um, Batman was willing to quit at any point ever. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And from that, the rest follows. So, yeah, that's the wrong. It's the wrong premise, I think to object to is that is that uh batman gets blamed you know the the premise right. is that batman would ever quit but given that he would quit he would have to accept the blame yeah and that just seems clear to me like you know and i don't think it has anything to do with you know the hopes of invading afghanistan i think it's what the movie wanted you know, there are a lot of yeah. things that the movie shouldn't have wanted. I think this is why I like the movie, but can criticize it. There are a lot of yeah. things that the movie shouldn't have wanted. But given yeah. that the movie said it wanted to wanted it, it delivered on most of those points. Well, and I, I think you're right. If you take what the movie is trying to do 
and uh and like and like look at it through that scope then um the you know listen i'm a star wars fan and they've made some terrible movies well <laughs> and uh but I, I'm still I'm still a fan, and if you look at what they're trying to do, or if we're saying on the Batman, like I, I didn't I didn't necessarily care for the the new Joker, um, but I watched it and and it was entertaining and it held my attention and I didn't uh, you know I didn't turn it off and uh, well this is a let's talk about Cruella for just a second okay sure you know yeah. that Cruella is a gritty origin story. Mm-hmm. Once you press play, if you complain that it's a gritty origin story, then you're not doing your job. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, yes. Right. Well, it was a great. Yes, we knew it was a gritty origin story. Everyone in the world. Now, if you hate the fact that they do that, then yeah, don't watch the movie. But don't watch yeah. the movie and talk about how it failed as a gritty reboot that no one ever needed. Right. Fine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No one ever needed it. But you watched it anyway. So they're yeah. going to make more because you watched it. So you failed at yeah. that. And then you're just complaining that you watched something that you knew you weren't going to like and then didn't like it. And yeah. we don't need to hear that either. And that's and what makes just, and, Yeah. No, that's what made it difficult to, for me to listen to that podcast. And the, the, you know, how did this get made is another one. I mean, they're really entertaining and funny. But, you know, from from the get go, like if you are like, hey, here is a movie that I'm going to hate. And you start watching it then your criticism you're not watching it with the trying to figure out the movie's intent you're watching it trying to say why it's bad and be clever about it which i'm just tired of unless it's me well, well and it, yeah <laughs> unless there's only four people in the room unless there's only four people in the room and there's not enough you know space to for them to start their own conversations right the uh in that episode i did enjoy just because i i I mean, I don't know. I still like uh, different perspectives and that sort of thing. But I feel like that's that is also early on. And I've listened to a number of episodes where they are, you know, they're talking about like, again, I'm saying silly movies, but they're movies that I love, like Clueless and uh, Gross Point Blank. And, you know, and, it, and it's one of the I'm going to listen to the Gross Point Blank one because someone I like is on the. Uh... Oh, I'll still listen to it and then I'll complain about yeah. it. Actually, I'll have yeah. to stop now. <laughs> but my yes. my objections are duly noted. And that's the thing. Even how did this get made? Every now and again, if I'm on a long car trip, I'll pop on one and then I'll get right. frustrated and be like, why? You know, it's yeah. your fault. I mean, and this is why I blame them because I blame myself. I'm like, yeah. you just, but if I'm on a long car trip, it's less than if I'm, you know. Oh, well, I mean, I, I, I don't I don't think I'm throwing you a curveball, but like every once in a while, I'll watch a YouTube clip from a, a Joe Rogan podcast because there used to be some great episodes where he'd have like really inspirational people on and and, and that sort of thing. And then every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, maybe he's maybe he's doing that again. I'm like, no, he's no, he's not doing that again. He's. He's he's jumped the shark and he's doing his own thing. But that is fantastic. I, so I have to I have to admit that, like Titanic, I, I <laughs> know nothing about Joe Rogan that I haven't heard in popular culture. No, that's good. Um, yeah, no, I know that uh, people like that. He is like I know the comedians like that. He doesn't have to you know worry about making a living anymore. He can say whatever he wants or whatever. 
Uh, yeah. That, that doesn't interest me. I don't know if he's a serious person. He doesn't seem to be one. And again, I'm not going to invest three hours to find out whether I'm right. <laughs> that's, that's, a, it's a hard, like, entry point you're like i know to, i'm watching our clock tick and i'm like 35 minutes who's still with us oh man and he's like 35 <laughs> minutes maybe i should start talking for a little bit you know <laughs> right right but he's also a professional entertainer and i'm just a professional idiot yep um well, he might say the same just real quick uh, and then and then we do have to bug off um, I, I got a, an audio book review someone is doing a podcast about my book and reviewing it I'm very excited. Hopefully next week I'll have details. Uh, but if you go to my Twitter account, you will see that it's uh, that the podcast is up there. The link isn't just the name of the podcast. Um, and we'll we'll leave it at that. And hopefully we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but until okay. then, I got nothing else. How about you? Mm, I got nothing. All right. Well, remember at the beach. It's Labor Day whenever you say it is. <laughs> Day Drinking on Delmarva with Todd DeHart and Tony Russo is produced weekly, mostly by dumb luck. You can join them Wednesday afternoons or find them online at daydrinkingondelmarva.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll check back in with you next week. <laughs>